there welcome back to another episode of LTTK let's toast to knowledge i am your host my name is olola day and in today's episode we are covering another country today we're going to india india is a very popular country i mean like one of the most popular countries in the world right i guess it's also relating to the population and i'm really excited because I mean, I've heard some things about India, but it would be very nice to have someone who is actually from that country to clarify some things and also break some stereotypes because I feel like every country has their stereotypes. And for this, I have Kalpan. So Kalpan is here with me today. Hi, Kalpan. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Fine. I mean, it's the weekend, so I'm really excited because I get to rest. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same for me. <laughs> okay, um so just to start, Kalpan, could you introduce yourself like your full name <laughs> and tell us what that means in your land in your culture? Yeah, uh so my full name is uh Kalpan Wave and Kalpan is a Hindi word, so there is no direct translation to English, but the closest meaning is utopia or you can say the land of imagination and wave means knowledge so my my name is a combination of imagination and knowledge <laughs> what a very interesting name and because my podcast is about knowledge so why do i feel like we're going to cover a lot of knowledge here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so kalpan everyone already knows that you're from india but if you could describe your country in three words, what would those words be? Mm, I would say uh, unity, integrity, and diversity. These are three words that describe my country. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Um, so, why unity though? Like, is there a story behind that or? Yeah, uh, India is the country with uh, very, very, very diverse religions and many, many, many races. So, and all these religions and all of the people with different races live with a lot of tolerance together and that brings in the unity. So it's also called unity in diversity. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's remarkable that how uh, people of India show such amount of tolerance even though they come from totally different regions and totally different cultures. And I'm really proud of it. Cool. So tell me about India. Like, so apart from the fact that I know that India is like the second most populous country in the world, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Like, yes. What is India known for? Uh, many, many things. India is known for its food, I love food, so yeah, we're gonna talk about that soon. <laughs> yeah, and uh, India is known for the famous scientists, famous mathematicians. India gave the world the number system, the decimal number system. India gave the world zero. And India is known for its pharmaceutical industries. India is known for its diverse culture. And I think many, many, many pilgrimage sites. So there, there are many uncountable things I can say right now. <laughs> okay. 
Now let's keep it short then, <laughs> since you've already mentioned quite a number of things, but I'm taking it from the perspective of food. I know yeah. that Indian food is very popular, quite popular here in Germany, for example. Yeah. And Indians are known to use a lot of spices in their food. So what is the most popular Indian food that is worth, you know, tasting or eating? So uh, it depends on your spice tolerance level. So uh-huh. if you have a good spice tolerance level, then I would say that uh, the most popular food is the Indian Indian biryani. It's a very famous rice dish. <laughs> And if you, uh, but it it is it, it is really spicy. <laughs> And mm. if you don't have uh, much spice tolerance then india is very famous for its sweets it has so many sweets <laughs> so it it's not just that india has just uh, spicy food but it has a large variety of sweets sweets like yes. candy uh or sweet spices no no just the sweets <laughs> so we make sweets from wheat and from maybe rice or semolina and maybe from cashew nuts and hazelnut and all all different kinds of nuts mm. and uh, they are they are really really tasty nice <laughs> you, you, you should try it once <laughs> yeah i mean when you give me i'll try it <laughs> i'm not sure where to find it exactly <laughs> you plan to come to us now <laughs> Yeah, but remember there was a time you told me about like the mangoes from India and how yep. uniquely tasty they are. And I've had the the mango drink. It's, I don't know what the name is in India. Um but it's really really nice. Is yep. that something that has like a unique history to it? Like what's it about the Indian mango <laughs> and why is it so sweet? For example. <laughs> So to grow mangoes you need uh first obviously uh fertile land but you need a hot environment and if you see most of the cities in India uh they have for maybe 8 or 9 months an average temperature of 40 of more than 35 or 40 and it's really really uh environment friendly to grow mangoes and very sweet mangoes so if you want to grow sweet mangoes then uh you should have really hot climate mm-hmm. and that makes india a very suitable land for growing mangoes mm-hmm. and so the indian mangoes are really really famous all over the world yeah really i cannot sweet. yeah like really really sweet. imagine like it's so it's so sweet i can't even explain yeah. it <laughs> it's yeah. really cute yeah um so What's the average temperature in India? Because you mentioned it's really hot. Like what's what's the temperature like on average? It also depends. So India is a huge land and it has a huge coastal area, but it also depends. So on the north side, I think it will be around 25. It's cold in north because of the Himalayas. Uh but on the south, it's or uh, the west and the eastern part, it's really hot. and the place that i come from normal temperatures are like 45 sometimes 47 during summers mm. and during winters it goes still 
20 degrees or something uh so on, but that is only like 3 months best 9 months it stays around 40 degrees <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. hot yeah that, that that's really hot i think it's hotter than nigeria nigeria will be going yeah. for an average of between i think 28 to 35 yeah 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 so that's interesting indian houses you will find air conditions because it's very difficult to survive without air conditioning just like it's <laughs> difficult to survive yeah. without heat here it's the same uh, yeah yeah imagine Yeah. Um, I think yeah in Nigeria too like we have like air conditioners everywhere I mean in general but it, again depends on what you can afford cuz ACs are not very cheap right they are expensive to yeah. yeah to have so okay cool so I read somewhere that India has the largest population of vegetarians in the world and for me it's surprising and I know that you are Is it vegetarian or vegan? Which one are you? I'm vegetarian. <laughs> and you've been trying to get me to turn vegetarian, but of, of course that's going to be like a long stretch for me. <laughs> so uh, like, I I never tried that. I just offered vegetarian food. <laughs> that's yeah, it. And it was tasty. Like I enjoyed it to be honest. But like yeah. I, I'm really surprised about this because I would have imagined that, you know, I mean, beef, fish and all those things were very very common in india so is there like a reason why indians yeah. are quite vegetarian inclined it also i think somehow it also depends on the origin so uh india has so many rivers you know and there are so 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 many so mostly in the beginning when the civilization formed they form at rivers right so uh, and it has big rivers because of the himalayas mainly uh, the ganges and the yamuna and sindh so all these uh, rivers were the epicenter for the formation of the civilization but and that is why there are so many civilizations from the very beginning that india is india is very much populated from the very beginning you know, that was one of the reason, reasons because of the number of rivers also uh, i because of the rivers uh, it was really fertile and there was a lot of irrigation land you know mm-hmm. and so from the very beginning uh, or much before uh, europeans at least uh, the, the indians didn't feel the necessity to hunt and uh, kill animals and eat them Uh, but they would prefer to grow wheat and because of the rivers and the irrigation land and that mm-hmm. is why that is why you will see like a huge population of indians uh, to be vegetarians second mm-hmm. reason is religious so okay. india has 80% of hindu population and the one of the core values of hinduism is like non violence or something and okay. uh, that is why many people don't encourage killing animals and uh, especially hindus they, they you find many hindus that also eat sandwich but many hindus don't encourage killing animals also so okay. that's the second reason why you find huge population of, uh, of vegetarians in india hmm. okay interesting to know thank you for sharing that yeah um, 
start, I'm wondering about the language. What's the official language in India? And so, are there like sub languages that people speak depending on their tribes or something like that? Yeah, so uh, India has around 22 official languages listed in constitution. Mm-hmm. But the constitution never states that uh, this, this specific language is the national language of India or something. So many people think that it's Hindi, that is a national language, but it's not the national language of so uh, India is divided into two parts, like North India and South India. Okay. And all them. so and that both the parts have a different script of language. So the North Indian script uh, is uh, called Devanagari script, uh, and that you might have heard about the language Sanskrit. So Sanskrit is mother of all the languages in North India. Okay. And so, uh, each and every state has its own language, but uh, all these languages have come, have originated from Sanskrit. And mm-hmm. in South India, they have a completely different script. It's called a Proto-Dravidian script, and it's we it's the oldest script found till now. Uh, so the oldest scriptures written uh, were from South of India. All, all over the world so and they have a totally different language so because of this difference of scripts the people of south india uh, have difficulties learning hindi and okay. they don't speak much hindi they, they speak their own language or english mm-hmm. people in north india they have a common script though their lang- the mother tongues are different but uh, all these languages have originated from one mother language called Sanskrit and mm-hmm. then so most of them like uh, can speak Hindi or they can understand Hindi they can learn Hindi really fast so mm-hmm. majority of people uh, in India like in north of India speak Hindi and okay. in south of India there are like four different languages but they are quite different from Hindi. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very diverse thing you must. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every 200 kilometers in India, the language will change. And wow. every state has its own language. Every state has, even the states, uh, the dialects will change. So there is so, so much of diversity. And my language is, uh, I speak Gujarati. And Punjabi. Gujarati. So Punjabi. I'm from west of India. Okay. And it's a sp- uh, state called Gujarat. And the, the language, uh, there is uh, official language in this Gujarati there. But it is also the same uh, script from Sanskrit. So Sanskrit is the mother language. And so for me, it's easy to speak Hindi. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. so- but, You'll find many uh, South Indians uh, who can understand Hindi, but they cannot speak much Hindi because it's uh, they they have a totally different script of of their own mother tongue. So, could you tell me something strange that you've eaten in your language and uh, then say it in English as well? The strangest thing I ever ate was in India, and it was. Uh, <laughs> It was an octopus. 
but i don't know yeah i because it uh, i ate it for the first time and it tasted really really weird uh it was just the tentacles uh but uh i i don't know what it is called in my language we we call it only Okay, so what you have said right now, say it in your local language, and then when you get to the octopus, octopus part, you just say octopus, right? Yeah. Okay. So, my Southy, अजी बस तू जब मैं थारी है से, मारी लाइफ, मारी ज़िंदगी में, ये चे ऑक्टोपस, अने एनो टेस्ट बहुत ख़राब है तो. Okay. That that's it. Yeah. That's it. Okay, so still on the language because I know that there are quite a number of Indians in Germany, and yeah. I find that when I, I see them together, they speak, they all speak to each other in their language. Like in, I don't know which language it is now since you've told me that there are like several scripts, right? So, yeah. is there like a common one that every single person in India speaks? No, uh, like I told uh, that uh, India is so diverse. <laughs> yes, I know it's so diverse. But like when you come to Germany, for example, and you meet yeah. Indian people, what yes, yes. apart from English, what connects you as like? Because I I know I, I've seen Indians like, and you all speak together in in local language. So what is that language? Even though you're diverse. There has to be something, so, or there isn't. Ah, uh, so um, mainly when I meet an Indian, I will try talking to him or her in Hindi first. Ah, uh, but there are few Indians who uh, can understand Hindi because, and but they cannot speak Hindi because they are from South India. And uh, in that case, I then I switch to English. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, most of them can speak or we were back in Hindi. So, okay. Uh, it's very rare that uh they they don't speak or don't understand Hindi. <laughs> mhm. Okay, cool. What is considered very disrespectful in India? So if a foreigner does this thing, mm-hmm. you would be like, "No, that's not That's not good. That's not right. Tell okay. So uh, there are few things. Like the most, I'll start with the respectful one. Okay. Uh, so the most respectful thing is like talking politely to the elders, to someone who is uh, bigger than you, mm-hmm. uh, or or touching. So if you are related to that person somehow. If you have some blood, blood relations, then you touch their feet, uh, you fall on their feet, and touch them as a sign of respect, and that is the most uh, respectful thing. Uh, now the disrespectful part is like <laughs> again <laughs> talking uh, impolitely with them, with the elders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if even if they are wrong. And if you're talking polite or if you argue with them, then it's considered disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, man. So Indians consider 
the knowledge and book uh, is very reverent uh, respect a lot and it's not good to touch the books or uh, anything related to knowledge with your feet so somehow if you put a feet on the book or something it's considered very disrespectful mm-hmm. uh, also uh, normally if someone is elder to you and uh, if you don't know that person if you are not related to that person it's considered disrespectful to just call them by the name so either you add some salutation mr miss or if you add brother sister like after the name and that is what makes it respectful like yeah i mean the elder culture too is kind of similar to nigeria you have to yeah. like speak to your elders in a very respectful manner um yeah when they're older than you you don't call them by name but i must say that there is now the western influence on some of our cultural aspects so the younger generation the gen z's i wouldn't mm-hmm. say that they consider that as much as my parents generation for example like it was definitely a taboo to yeah. to call your parents you know by their first name or even people you don't know as long as they are shot older than you just have to respect them but right now i would say it it could depend on the family like there's there's some western influence going on right now um but yeah that's just how it is <laughs> so let's talk about um marriage how is marriage seen in the indian culture and what's the process for getting married i think from my understanding or what i heard about india it's the women who pay to marry the husbands so do you want to clarify that so uh normally when we are born okay uh, everyone has a uh, every most of the families have a family astrologer and uh, we have this uh, concept you might have heard about the zodiac signs right and uh, we have a similar concept so zodiac sign is uh, when the time that you are born or the month that you are born and the constellation that the sun is facing uh, is is your zodiac and that describes your qualities and everything okay mm-hmm. uh, but we have a similar concept but we take moon as a reference and we call it nakshatra uh, and the, the the specific time that you are born okay and the constellation that the moon is facing you call it uh, nakshatra uh, mm-hmm. so it's the same uh, signs but uh, it will be different from your zodiac okay and so on the nakshatra okay uh, the the family astrologer will form a huge chart in which he will predict your future and your qualities and everything and these qualities are like i think around i don't remember i think it's around 32 or 36 qualities uh, uh and these qualities are match <laughs> uh during marriages okay mm-hmm. so especially during arranged marriage so india has two uh type in arranged and love marriage if you love someone and if your family agrees and everything then uh then it's uh it's 
go to the love marriage and but the percentage of love marriage is still less compared to the arranged marriage okay so okay. mainly uh, the uh, so at least for the new generation the love marriage is becoming more and more prevalent but for mm-hmm. the older generations uh, they had to uh, they, it, it was a bit conservative and the, the family had to accept except for the arranged marriage sorry love marriage so mm-hmm. uh, in that case uh, in the arranged marriage case um, when they look out for girls or when the girl look out girl's family looks out for guys they try to match these 36 or 32 qualities um mm. and based on their horoscope okay uh, made by the astrologer and out of that if 22 or 24 qualities are ma- matching then they will go ahead with the marriage everything so uh, it's also a bit complicated <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. in so in love marriage it's like the girl likes the guy and the guy likes the girl and then the, the girl's family should like the guy and the <laughs> guy's family should like the girl and the girl's family should the like should like the guy's family uh, so there is there is a lot of complications that come up <laughs> in love marriages uh, so and in arranged marriages the family is only approach those people or those families that they like uh so this was the normal process and we have many 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 uh, matrimonial sites on uh, people who are interested to get married arrange marriage they will register in the site and they will it's just like tinder and bumble they swipe <laughs> but it, it's kind of tinder and bumble with families involved <laughs> Mm-hmm. so people are serious there and then uh they uh, they meet and they decide they uh, check for the qualities 36 qualities and they decide what are some of the qualities okay <laughs> i actually don't know <laughs> because uh, my parents were had love marriage okay. and they never had to <laughs> and they okay. never made a uh, horoscope for me also so i'm i'm not so well known about those qualities because i myself don't have those in that horoscope so okay. but uh, i think it's uh, the same qualities that the zodiac predicts so, ah, okay uh, i mean kind of uh how good you are at relationships on and maybe um, what is your nature and uh, are you emotional or not i i think these are the kind of qualities predict mm-hmm. or are you ambitious uh, so okay cool um, so uh, after that okay uh so in past or in previous generation it was like uh, the uh, women they didn't uh, they were mainly house makers and if you think about three generations before or four generations before mm-hmm. and 
i think uh, they were not given equal rights during the time or maybe it was because of the conservative culture they were never restricted from like from the constitution side they were not restricted but it was the conservative culture that restricted them or something and that is why when the uh, women got married like in, in the older generation they had to also they with their daughter they had to also give some money or some gold to the groom as a sign of maybe respect or kind of uh, an assurance that you would treat my daughter well or right like that mm-hmm. and it's still a kind of a black spot <laughs> uh, that stays <laughs> remains in india because in some villages they still follow this kind of dowry system it's called dowry system okay uh, but now it is becoming less and less prevalent so you will find few cases but majority i think uh, or majority of new generation they don't want to take money from the bride's father or something they are very progressive about it so uh yeah i think india will take time to recover from this <laughs> that uh this dowry system and it, it's unfortunate that it's still prevalent <laughs> in some places mm-hmm. yeah so in general like how long does it take for a couple to get married the celebration the festival the wedding the mar- the marriage ceremony is it a day is it two is it like a week of partying like what's that like yeah it's not so normally the process is uh, like when when the family decide that they like the girl and the guy and they and the mm-hmm. girl and the guy like each other so uh, they will the guy's family will go to girl's family and uh, they will give some speech and they'll uh, say that yeah it's finalized now and we okay. call it roka it's called okay. it's, it's become called roka after that they'll fix the engagement <coughs> and uh, they'll fix the engagement uh, so in uh, the engagement has things ready money everything mm-hmm. and ma- mostly i've seen most of the couples uh they get married after 6 months of the engagement okay are in marriage they want to try to want to get to know each other mm-hmm. and they take 6 months they get after that so most the in marriages i'm i'm not the best <laughs> uh judge in it but uh, i think uh, after 6 months uh of engagement they will pick the marriage date and the marriage date uh, typically has like 3 days and okay. the first day is the musical night mm-hmm. where they their relatives perform uh, dance they and they dance and this thing and uh, few few other celebrations mm-hmm. uh second day is the marriage so typically the hindu marriages um have this uh, ritual where the the bride and the groom has to take uh, seven rounds 
around the fire and that mm-hmm. that is a bond of seven uh, births so we believe in rebirths and means that for seven births they will be tied together forever like that mm-hmm. uh, and um, after that you officially like husband and wife mm-hmm. and the third day is just reception they uh, provide food to the relatives and they accept some gifts from the relatives and everything like that mm-hmm. nice. so normal like three days but the entire process i think it takes six months or something mm-hmm. okay cool i just read somewhere that india has one of the lowest divorce rates in the world and that's really interesting because i guess is just probably due to the fact that arranged marriages in india is working yeah yeah oh yeah. so nice. yeah just also one of the reason also uh, previously in the previous generation uh, uh, one of the other reason was that the wife was uh, mainly housemaker okay mm-hmm. so if she gets divorced then she is she is totally dependent on her husband right uh, she is not working if she gets divorced divorce then she will be left alone left on her own and that is that was also one of the fear uh, for women that they don't they didn't prefer getting divorced but now uh, since uh, more and more women are like becoming independent and they are employed mm-hmm. and they well right so they have the for the present generation they have the liberty to get divorce mm-hmm. uh, and that is why you see a little bit of increase in the uh, divorce uh, in the present generations mm-hmm. but still, uh, i think uh, majority of women uh, like like to prefer not to get divorce mm-hmm. mainly uh and even in the present generation so um yeah it, that is really uh that is really i think remarkable yeah i agree cool what is the capital of india well, it's new delhi <laughs> okay and if i want to go to india where would you recommend i visit uh there are many many uh, places but okay, give me uh, one you used to like uh you are used to like not so hot climate uh the cold climate i would suggest you go to uh himachal uh, shimla manali these are very good beautiful hill stations in india and i they are a bit cold it snows almost 9 months a year because it's really near to the north uh mm-hmm. near the and there are so many good valleys and rivers and so many beautiful places mm-hmm. but it also depends if you are a mountain person or a beach person mm-hmm. so if you are a beach person then i would suggest you go to goa it's a very beautiful beach there so yeah these two places i would recommend <laughs> mm. okay cool nice i should go to india soon <laughs> yeah, yeah please please be my guest <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so one more last question. What are you most proud of as an Indian? Uh, like I told before, uh, the unity. Uh, India has a lot of diversity, and uh, it's really, really applaudable that uh, so so many diverse religion of people are living together with a uh, lot of harmony, and they show so much uh, tolerance. Okay, uh, for each other, and not only the religions, but so many people speaking different languages. Like I told, the languages change every 200 kilometers or something. Uh, are living with each other uh, with such great harmony, uh, and that is something that you don't find in all the countries. I feel so. Uh, I'm really proud of that, <laughs> and uh, there is a very uh, common myth that India is a Hindu country or something. No, India is actually a secular country, and uh, people of many all different religions are staying there, and their population is thriving. It's increasing every year. So I'm really proud of that. That the amount of tolerance people show for each other, and, uh, the amount of uh, I would say that the India as a country is very welcoming uh, to the people around the world. Even the minorities around the world that face persecution, they come to mm-hmm. India and uh, uh, they stay in India. And India gives gives refugee to the minorities also. So. I'm, I'm really proud of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's something you should be proud of. Because tolerance yeah. is very important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we have come to the end of our episode for today. Thank you so much, Carl Plan, for joining me. At least now I yeah. know a little bit about the culture, the language, of course, and the process for getting married, which I find very interesting. Thank you, everyone, for joining us in today's episode. I will catch you in my next one. But until then, don't forget to post the knowledge because what you know is never enough. Okay? Bye. Bye.